becomes like a fleeting memory. Whatever you grab just turns to dust. Like eye contact with a stranger, stranger out of the It's a dream that you to make real. Passing note of the song. Glimmer, glimmer of the ship in the sea. All right. Cheers. <laughs> Cheers. To Welcome the to the shores. shores. Mm. <sighs> Woo! Our team won last night. Yeah! Oh hell yeah! <laughs> and you may ask, who is our team? <laughs> Yeah, just I don't know. That's not a great thing to say. <laughs> <laughs> well, it, it is. Uh, we we broke the uh, the rules of the podcast. Oh yeah, I'll start. I'll start by saying that. Did we? Well, yeah. How so? Well, last night was Wednesday, and we podcast every Wednesday night. Oh yeah, but we did not podcast last night. Yeah, we went mm-hmm. to see Austin FC. Yeah, our new Austin MLS soccer team. <laughs> so badass! Holy shit! I'm. <clears throat> My my blood is green now. If it wasn't already by nature of my Irishness, exactly. <laughs> That's awesome. So much fun. Yeah, it really was. It was uh, like I was not prepared. Uh-huh. I've been to a couple games now, mm-hmm. but the first one, and I have the same experience every time. I was I was not prepared to enjoy it as much as I did. Mm. Never been a sports guy. Yeah, I'm yeah. a support. I'm a sports guy now. <laughs> <laughs> well, there's something about it. I think I can get behind this. I tried to be UT fan for a long time, and that didn't really work out so well couldn't get there no it's like i i I don't feel like ut has the same there's the die die hardness of it but it's like difference between ut and aggie fans like aggie fans sort of have a sort of like i don't know die hardness about them Mm -hmm. it's like in a greater degree because maybe there's a higher degree of indoctrination (laughs) (laughs) i don't know uh but i could never really get into it so right yeah i don't know what it is about this this team it's I don't know that it's the sport necessarily that got mm-hmm. me into this these Austin FC games. Um, it's not like I, I don't know. It's not like I was like, oh, I've seen football, I've seen basketball, soccer. It got mm-hmm. me. It wasn't that. It's just something about like the the city coming together mm-hmm. at a city level, yeah, and just the electricity of the excitement, the energy of it. I think mm-hmm. is what really is getting to me. It's almost like Austin needed this, mm-hmm. you know, in a way that's not around a college football team or something like that. <clears throat> yeah, right. There's something to that that it's at. It's not at a college level. It's at a city level. Mm-hmm. And just the like Matthew McConaughey is one of the owners, you know. Like <laughs> right. so, it's like there's this sort of already badassness about yeah. that, you know. Right. It's like, who who we kind of at a city level take some ownership over. Yeah, he's he's kind of ours. <laughs> totally, it's the truth. <clears throat> And he's also claimed too. I think that's that's the cool thing. He's kind of claimed Austin as his. Right. Too. Totally. It's reciprocal. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's not unrequited. <laughs> no, it's not. You know, and it's it, I feel bad. So sorry, Mister Matthew, if I offend you, but you know, I kind of thought he was a kind of a douche. You know, but I, I don't think that. I, I, he's not. Yeah, he's not. I yeah. mean, he's actually kind of. I don't know. He seems pretty cool. Cool guy. He so, does. He's, yeah, he's, so, he's undouched in my mind. <laughs> McConaughey, if you want to come on the podcast yeah. anytime. There you go. <laughs> we can talk Austin FC. Uh-huh. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah, I think that's, that's, that was one cool, like, the, they say, ole, 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 and then whatever after that. But uh, in Austin, they say, all right, all right, all right, all right, which is a quote from... Uh, <laughs> I don't uh, think you need to explain what it is. No, I don't <laughs> no. know. I, yeah. Everyone knows, all right, all right, all right. All right, all right. What you, but it's from the... Uh, Dazed oh and confused. Dazed and confused, yeah. yeah. Right. And it's such like an East Texas mm-hmm. thing. You know, my, my, actually my wife went to the school that, 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 uh, that whole, uh, Dazed and Confused is based on. Oh, interesting. Uh-huh. So like she went through that, you know, carousel oil in the hair and yeah. mustard and ketchup and all that stuff. That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. We, so the ole, 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 ole thing, mm-hmm. it's like very common I think, I assume in soccer Mm -hmm. games, football matches. Yeah. Um, And the whole time or halfway through the game last night, I thought that that's what they were yelling. Mm -hmm. And when I realized that they were saying, all right, all right, all right, all right. (laughs) My mind was blown. (laughs) This is the coolest thing. (laughs) Totally. Yeah. Well, it's definitely like it captured something like very uniquely Austin. Uh I think they did that really good job all around with the Austin FC as far as capturing Austin's imagination and heart. 
And man, people are just stoked on it. Yeah. Like we've got this whole Austin FC supporters section. They've basically started a band. They come up with all these chants. And during the game, you know, for the two hours of the game, it's nonstop, Mm -hmm. like drums and chants and dances. And so awesome. (laughs) It really is. Yeah. Um, and it's, it's impossible not to get caught up in it. Mm -hmm. And I don't understand it. You know, at some point during the game last night, I was, we were kind of across from the Austin FC supporter section. Um, and in that section, they zip tie is what somebody told me, you know, all the, the seats, uh, uh, would normally sort of fold down when you sit down and then fold up when you stand up Mm -hmm. so that you can stand up. They zip tie all those seats up so they can't go down. So everyone in the supporter section is always standing up. Yeah. Um, and so I'm watching them. They're kind of across the way, just going absolute ape shit. Like the amount of energy that's coming off that section, section of the stands is unreal. Mm-hmm. It's electrifying. Yes. <laughs> and it's infecting me mm-hmm. and I'm, su- and I'm standing up and I've got a seat, you know, and I'm standing up. I'm so into it. And it just hit me like a brick. Like, what the <coughs> hell are we doing here? Uh-huh. Not like, why are we here? Why are we behaving this way? Mm-hmm. It, it's absurd. <laughs> it really is. If you like took away like the, the sound and you just watched what was going on, uh-huh. I'm sure it would just tell a completely different story. Yeah. You know? It's like watching a movie without the, uh, the soundtrack, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, you've got all these people with their shirts off, spinning their shirts around in the air. We're banging drums. We're like, it's like a it's like a scene out of a Dr. Seuss <laughs> book or something at the end of uh, uh-huh. uh, the Grinch. Mm-hmm. You know, they're banging their bamboozlers and knocking their knick knockers or <laughs> whatever it says. It's kind of what it reminds me of. Uh-huh. Um, but it's just like this jubilation. Mm-hmm. And like, for what? Yeah. We're behaving this way and you feel it and it feels super intense. And we're just watching people kick a ball, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. And somebody listening is like, blasphemy. <laughs> <You know? laughs> totally. And like, rightly so. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah. It's like a, but why does that evoke us so much? Well, I mean, you made that comment last night, just like the religious experience of it too. You know, uh, you kind of even talk about Peterson talking about that also that mm-hmm. aspect. But there is that, you feel that it's like, it's, you're all individuals, but you're also one entity. Like when we score, everyone's like, yeah, and you kind of feel like it's not just you. It's not just you. It's like, you're in that with all these other people. Right. And so there's a certain like at oneness too. And you know, everybody's feeling the exact same thing. Yeah. You know, it's like everyone expressing it differently with like, yeah, fuck yeah. Or yeah. yeah or, right. Whoa. <laughs> the oneness that's really interesting because uh-huh. it when so, so we made three goals last night mm-hmm. and each time it happens you see people just take their full beer and just throw it in the air <laughs> and, you know showering down on everyone and no one's mad everyone's <laughs> loving it it's uh-huh. like yes and you're looking around you want to high five strangers and mm-hmm. hug people and you know <clears throat> that oneness is so powerful mm changes like it aligns every that's so it aligns everybody in the same direction yeah and and differences don't matter which is interesting too because like i mean again we're talking a home game for austin fc so right 99 of the crowd is austin fc fans and then there's that little tiny section with you know the houston fans you know right because so, I was about to make a comment, but then I was like, oh, no. But They put the Houston fans up in the top left corner. <laughs> yeah. There, there, was a, some, there was some down that little, uh, the front part, but it was very, very, very few. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but I was, I was about to make the comment of like, like how, how the whole stadium was together. But then I was like, wait a minute. There's, but there was also fans of the Houston that mm-hmm. whenever they scored, you know, they were feeling the exact opposite. Like, no. Oh, right. Shit. Right. You know, it's like when, when, when they score, that's how the whole stadium reacted. It's like, no, but since it's your team and it's in your home field, right. it's like, there's a certain, it's like, <clears throat> I, I wonder if that's kind of how Republicans and Democrats feel too, you know, that's sort of like, you know, 
when they're at their uh, con- uh, conventions and that kind of stuff. You know, mm-hmm. it's like there's nobody else that's there that is not. You're going to a Republican convention because you are a Republican. Hmm. And so there's none of the like, oh, no, he made a good point. <laughs> there's something. no one against you. There's no one against you. Yeah. I mean, it does seem like a an, uh, continuation of what's happening on the field. You've got, you know, these two teams. Well, let's say you, for the Austin FC team, they're trying to, you know, obviously kick the ball into the net, which mm-hmm. sounds so dumb. <laughs> Well, so let's make it more interesting. Let's have some guys try to stop you from doing that. Mm-hmm. Okay, that sounds more interesting, mm-hmm. you know. And then let's have all of these people only trained to do this. So they're super good at kicking the ball in the net and stopping people from kicking a ball in a net. And then let's play this out and see how it goes. Mm-hmm. And then... <clears throat> so the individual on the field's is, is going at this goal against some opposition. Mm-hmm. And then when that individual succeeds, because we're all there watching, it's as if we've defeated something mm. ourselves, mm-hmm. overcome something, overcome some opposition. Yeah. And somehow they embody us. Like they represent us on the field. Yeah. Like, like those players on the field represent Austin. So when they do well, we do well. Yeah, and it kind of, like, I think it would be strange if the if the stadium was full of only Austin FC fans or only home team fans. Mm-hmm. Like the fact that there was a section of fans for the other team was was like that was right mm-hmm. because they represent the opposition mm-hmm. in the spectators, and you kind of want that opposition too. Yeah. Well, because I mean, if it was like in a if it was in a greater degree, so you go to. Uh, um, a Super Bowl or something like that, where many times it's almost 50 50, you know, right. 60 40, whatever. Yeah, yeah. And then you get the entire one side is one team, the entire side, other mm-hmm. side is another team. That seems even better. That yeah. would be an even better, uh, you know, spectator experience, it seems. Yeah, because then you you would hear the opposition say, yeah, when they score, you're like, right. no, right. you suck. <laughs> and it's sort of like, we, we get to act these things out in public in a, almost like a organized, safe way. You know, it's like, um, it's almost, it is almost better that there would be more of the other side's fan. It almost enheightens in, in, in the experience, I would imagine. Well, I don't know because like, if, if, like I think of like religious experiences in like a lot of like the whirling dervishes and some of the things where they, they get themselves in such a trance and it's all focused. It's super focused on the, um, on the ritual that is being performed. Did you say whirling dervishes? Whirling dervishes. Whirling dervishes. Yeah, uh, you'll uh, have to explain that. I don't know. What I that might is. get that. It's, it's an offshoot of uh, Islam, but basically, it's like it's about the circle, and they they turn around in the circle, and it's I used to, I used to know more about it than I do right now, uh, and it's like sim, it's it's a symbolic gesture of oneness and and i'm gonna stop there because i'm gonna screw it all up but, <laughs> but basically it's a they just they spin around circles for forever and it kind of gets them into sort of like a, a meditative state that they sounds like it would get them dizzy mm-hmm. yeah but they do it in such a way that it's like it's it's almost like a, a meditation of some sort hmm. and you 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 lose touch with your senses and you kind of become one with hmm. uh with allah or, or god or however right. you want to say it um so that there is something about like intense religious experiences that exclude opposition, you know, but then again, it's like a lot of other, a lot of religions like do bring in some sort of opposition to like, and then the devil enters in, oh, boo, boo. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, it's like, and the, but the devil doesn't have his corner at these things like going, yeah, here he goes. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Maybe so. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know if that has to do with what we're talking about. Well, I think, yeah, I don't know. There does seem to be something really deeply ingrained in the human experience about setting up a goal and then working to hit the goal. Mm-hmm. And th- that creates some meaning. Mm-hmm. Like, <clears throat> and then to increase the opposition to increase the difficulty of hitting the goal increases the amount of meaning that arises out of succeeding. Mm. Yeah. You don't want that to be, the opposition can't be something that is minuscule. 
You know, it's like, no, you want it to be fully formed. Mm -hmm. Like it, if you were to go, you know, to an Austin FC game and then they were to play a team that, you know, isn't an MLS team. Yeah. It wouldn't be fun. Kindergartners. Yeah, sure. As extreme example, (laughs) let's let's just say a high school boys team or something. Mm -hmm. You wouldn't really be that excited. Mm -hmm. You know, you'd kind of feel like, "Eh, oh, well we scored, but you know, wasn't that hard. I wonder if you'd actually end up rooting for the, even as an Austin FC fan, you'd actually be rooting for the high school students. You probably would. Right. Yeah. yeah. And, but there'd be a humor to it. Like, Oh man, that was awesome. You know? Right. Like they score, but then also the Austin FC most likely, and this happens in sports too, is when you play teams that are not as good as you, you don't play your best. Right. You, you kind of play less. Yeah. It's like the Mac, the maximum entertainment comes from, a maximally matched from two ma- maximally matched teams mm-hmm. or equally matched. Yeah. Because that's when every goal actually means something. I mean, it's like why we watched Mike Tyson back in the day, mm-hmm. you know, it's like, here's the best of the best. And then here's another fighter that's going to come against him. Who's supposedly the best. Yeah. Or is the candidate mm-hmm. for the best. Yeah or UFC or whatever it is. It's yeah. like, you don't feel sorry for anybody. It's like, no, these guys are highly trained, you know, mm-hmm. completely dedicated. Hmm. Well, I just wonder, like, it seems like going to a game like that unlocks something primal in us. Hmm. And it's so silly to me that that, if that would unlock something primal, something that would want, that would make you want to rip your shirt off and swirl it around over your head, like mm-hmm. a fucking lunatic, <laughs> you know, uh-huh. it, but it's not, you're not a lunatic because mm-hmm. it makes sense to all of us, mm-hmm. you know, whereas like if you're just walking down the street and you do that, you're a lunatic, mm-hmm. but you do that at a game, mm-hmm. it, it matches perfectly. You expect that yeah. and you understand why he's doing it. Mm-hmm. Um, so there's something, you know, but, but doing it, over something simple, literally kicking a ball with your feet. Okay. So there's something about this whole set up a goal, arbitrary as it is, and then a task to hit the goal. Mm-hmm. As stupid as it is, kick the ball. Introduce opposition. Make that opposition as fully developed as it can be. Mm-hmm. Develop yourself as fully as you can. Now we have a recipe for something that is maybe the most evocative thing Mm. we've come to experience. That's a super simple recipe. Yeah. And if that somehow is embedded deep within us as humans to, to respond to that Mm -hmm. and we get a ton of meaning out of it, then, you know, what if we looked at just our, our own lives that way? Mm. Like, set a goal for yourself, however arbitrary it may be, develop yourself to hit that goal and, and then put yourself in a position where there is matched opposition to you Hmm. or, or perhaps set goals in which there is matched opposition. And is that a recipe for maximizing meaning in your life? Well, I, I would say that almost that's also symbolic in our relationship, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And I, it's interesting. I, I, I don't know if I'd use the word adversary, but there's something about like you and I are deeply curious, and it, but there's oh, this is interesting. And you know, if you come up with something, I'm going to challenge what you what you come up with. Yeah. And the difference between like some conversations and the conversations we have is you invite that you say like, yes, bring it, show me that I'm wrong, you know? And then I deliver whatever it is I say. And then you say, well, okay, well, I hadn't thought about that. Well, how about this? And so there's a sort of like, there's almost like this, this we're on two different teams, but we're not like, we're also not competing against each other. It's like we're we're trying to be the most optimal. Well, in a sense, we are. Oh, uh, true. Yeah. I mean, I mean, just like any honorable sports team mm-hmm. is going to put up the best fight they can mm-hmm. 
you know, to stick with soccer, it's like last night Houston played Austin and Houston was going to put up the best fight against Austin that they could, you know, but after a goal's made, those guys, opposite teams are still fist bumping, still helping each other off, off the field. It's mm-hmm. like, yes, I'm going to fight you as hard as I can so that when you make a goal, it means as much as it can mean, uh, yeah. you know? Mm-hmm. And so in a sense that that's what competition is. Mm-hmm. And that's what you and I are doing when we're, when you push back on me mm-hmm. and most of that, we don't do it a lot on podcast. Maybe we should make an effort to do that. <laughs> yeah. But that's like, I'm going to give you everything that I have uh, to push back on this. Mm-hmm. And if I lose, that means there's something there. Yeah. We gain something. We, we both gain something mm-hmm. from that. Right. Yeah. And, and if I win, well, then we both gain something from that. Mm-hmm. Totally. Or if we both, or we got something new comes out of it too, right. you know? <clears throat> it's like, if I have an idea, how do we know that that idea is good or true? Mm-hmm. We, we know because it withstands testing, mm-hmm. withstands competition, it withstands opposition. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's, it's the same idea embedded in the scientific method, right? Yeah you come up with some hypothesis and then you attempt to falsify it. And mm-hmm. so long as you can't falsify it, that's what we decide is true. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> I think that's really hard for people to do and, um, is to try to break their own ideas, their own thoughts. And I think that's why we need people to challenge us in what we're thinking and how we're thinking about something. I think it's a skill you can you can learn and self develop, but I, I don't think it's like you need opposition. You need somebody to challenge yeah, your. Right. <clears throat> it's like yeah, you could be the best soccer player in the world, and you're just out there, you know, kicking goals and stuff like that. <laughs> well, you would never know. You would never. Yeah, you'd never unless you played know. someone else. Uh-huh. <laughs> oh, shit. Uh huh. Shit. Excuse me. Like I, th- I feel like that's what some people's goal is: is to like get everybody else off the field and they can just kick goals and <laughs> yeah, right. Look <laughs> how good score. I am at this stupid task. <clears throat> yeah, totally. Uh, <clears throat> <clears throat> oh, I kind of had a, a thought and it lost. Me. <laughs> I saw you try to grab it. <laughs> yeah, flew away. Uh huh. No, I mean again, it's like I think there's there's a few things here that <clears throat> we're kind of seeing. Mm. equated like over even over time a millennia (coughs) (coughs) sorry (laughs) you okay yeah um you know it's like so there's there's these religious things we've kind of are embedded into cultures you know that kind of like that challenge us and that we also are, are also releases too it's like they serve so many different purposes one is to remember you know whether it be like a jewish seder dinner to remember the the um the time in the desert and the Red Sea and all that kind of stuff. And, uh, you do that together and you kind of commune and, and, and over this one thing to kind of like solidify this idea. And it's also, but it's not just for that time. It's also for the weeks and the months ahead of you that you kind of like are encountering the world, but you're also remembering the, the suffering and the provision that was given to you. So you take that out into the world, which the world can also be an adversary. I mean, you know, mm-hmm. obviously mm-hmm. nature wants to kill us, you know, it's like, it's mm-hmm. not this fluffy, lovey bunny thing that sometimes people think of mother nature as like, Oh, mm. mother nature wants to just give us a hug. And as long as we, you know, it's like, no, mother nature wants to kill you. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> mother nature is the eatable mother. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I mean, she's also beautiful and giving, you uh-huh. know, but, right. Uh, well, that's the whole archetype of the mother. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Well, I, I, I retrieved <clears throat> the thought. Okay. You had said something about, um, that we don't challenge, we don't try to challenge our own thoughts mm-hmm. to try to break our own thoughts. Mm-hmm. And I think there's something that is like, we don't do that naturally and you can develop that skill, but it comes, I think from discipline and practice. Mm. I think we need relationship mm-hmm. in order to n- normally to accomplish that. Mm-hmm. I need to be able to see another human, look them in the eye and say something that's mm-hmm. been bouncing around in my head and see the way that that affects the other person's eyes and the things that come out of their mouth in order to understand even what's in my head. Yeah. 
Oh, even in that, that's fascinating too, how you, how you kind of structured that. Um, because then, you know, it's like, say you're young and doing this, you know, uh, and you're just coming up with some formulations of how you see the world and structure the world. And when you encounter other people that are also young and, and doing that too, it's like, there's a lot of things that come out of people's mouths like, Oh, that's stupid. You're mm-hmm. dumb. Right. You know, it's like, and at some point as, as you start to develop, it's like those type of arguments don't work anymore. You're stupid. You're dumb. It's like, okay, well that's, that's not really helpful. Like I, I don't want to play this game with you because that's just not helpful. We're not, we're not going anywhere. Hmm. That's not a, that's not a great, you're not a, you're not a worthy adversary. Mm, yeah. <clears throat> you're not actually a, you're not a, a worthy adversary. That's the right yeah. way to say it. You're not actually opposing me. Mm-hmm. You're just mocking me. Yeah. And so like, it's, you know, it's like, then we go to look for, you know, who is a worthy adversary that will actually challenge me, mm-hmm. you know? So it's like, so again, it comes down to who's running the asylum, you know, is it the doctors or the crazy people? And I feel like the crazy people are those who grow up and don't get out of the, you're stupid. And, into more of like, you know, Hey, what do you mean by that? I don't understand what you mean. How do you define that? Or, hmm. or man, that just doesn't, something about that doesn't feel right to me. You know, would you explain more? You mm-hmm. know, so there's a, there's that elevated aspect to it. But if you have a bunch of crazies running around, just saying everybody's stupid or racist or white supremacist or whatever it might be, it's like, that's not an argument. Like, talk to me. Like, what, what, oh, do, you, wow. what do you mean by that? Yeah. And so I feel like there's, 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 there's a little bit of, I, I, you know, I see this in, in our media, you know, it's like across the board. It's like, there's <laughs> it is, it is like an elementary school playground. <laughs> it is. It's like middle school. You yeah, know, every once like, in a while you get like somebody French kissed on the swings, uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. but mostly it's just Donald Trump's in bed with the Russians. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> totally. I mean, yeah. It's like, but you're like, did they really? Like, oh my goodness! Yeah, they French kissed over there. You know, like, <laughs> does anyone here even know what French kissing yeah, means? Exactly. It's, <laughs> it's like, yeah, it's like, oh gosh, yeah. Danny, do you know Julia? Well, I think it's like. <laughs> okay, uh, no, no, we don't know what it means. We don't know what it means. <laughs> anyway, moving on. <laughs> yeah. Timmy's stupid. <laughs> yeah, I go back to that. Um, but I, again, that's what our education system is supposed to do: is to teach us how to think and how to be critical. And to how to have intelligent conversations, right? You know, and and well, ostensibly, it's like why we have a class called debate class. Yeah, I, I think I, I just believe probably debate has like less value today than it ever has. I, it doesn't happen. Yeah, I guess I, that's the other part too. <laughs> <laughs> like I, because I, I grew up with knowing like like debate was like a really valuable thing, right? Okay, here's two points. Michael, you're going to argue this point. Matt, you're going to argue that And you'd get assigned point. a point. It wasn't yeah. that you debated your mm-hmm. your point. Mm-hmm. Like there's value in learning how to debate a point. Yeah. Whether you agree with it or not. Mm-hmm. You can learn a lot by debating on the pro side of a point that you actually disagree with. Mm-hmm. Totally. And legitimately trying to win the debate. Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> well, and the funny thing is, it's like when I look around, <clears throat> I guess mostly on... Twitter, I see this. I see a lot of calls for debate, like legitimate ones, mm-hmm. you know, mostly of like sort of the intellectuals of our age, like they'll respond to somebody or whatever. And people will be like, uh, debate, please mm-hmm. do a podcast together, please. You know, yeah. like, um, well, and Jordan Peterson and Sam Harris sold out, you know, <laughs> 20,000 seat venues uh-huh. yeah. to do a debate on, I'm not even sure what the advertised subject was. Uh-uh. We're just going to debate. Yeah. And thousands and thousands of people bought tickets to go. Yeah. That's nuts. Well, it brings us back to the soccer thing, too. I mm-hmm. mean, it's a, it's a very similar experience right. as far as, like, you know, uh, there are probably J- Jordan Peterson fans and there are Sam Harris fans and people in between, you know. Um, I mean, even, like, at Austin FC, it's like I'm kind of a new fan, and so I'm not, like, completely devoted, but I'm also, like, you know, well, you know, I'm also fun. That's not a good correlation. <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll step back from that one. But there's something about seeing that being worked out in front of you, you know, and some people would see Peterson as the adversary to Harris. Some mm-hmm. people see Harris as the adversary to Peterson. <clears throat> well, I, I want to believe that mostly it's people seeing two sort of equally matched intellectuals willing to argue with one another. Well, not, sorry, not argue, debate one another. Mm-hmm. 
something really interesting about that. Yeah. And they would probably even redefine that as the, having a discussion, you know, it's like, they would. Yeah. Um, so it, but again, I think that's, that's also the next, the next level of, of, of that interaction, you know, even though there might be an adversarial component tied to it, but you know, it's like, let's say Houston won, they played an amazing game. You're like, man, that was an amazing game. Houston played really well. Mm-hmm. Even as an Austin FC fan, you could still acknowledge and say, wow, they did really amazing. Well, as, as a fan, you have to acknowledge that. Mm-hmm. I mean, I suppose you could say, well, our team played like shit, and that's why we lost. Mm-hmm. But you, there's something I think that wants to protect the, the integrity of your team and say, mm-hmm. you were a worthy adversary, and you beat us. Yeah. You know? But it strikes me as interesting that there, there is large number of people who are hungry for that sort of competition intellectually or maybe even i would say politically spiritually and spiritually mm-hmm. but generally our our sort of mainstream i see the opposite mm. i see a lot of <clears throat> um we won't have that person on mm-hmm. or no one will have me on yeah you know to debate this subject or I've even seen like like uh, uh, news people, or I think that's what you call them. Um, there's a name for them, pundits, or uh, like the pundit is guess the person who's coming on, but just talk over them and not let them answer the question. Mm-hmm. Like they'll ask them a question, and they'll go to answer it, and they'll just talk right over them because they're not interested in the conversation. They're wanting to deliver a a, um, a certain viewpoint. The whole goal is to disseminate a certain viewpoint Mm -hmm. and we'll bring somebody on for entertainment value, Mm -hmm. but we're not going to allow a fair match. Exactly. Exactly. And that's why it always feels so wrong. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's like Austin FC playing the high school boys. Yeah. It's like, that doesn't, it's like, it would be like Austin FC playing the high school boys and winning as hard as they could win. Yeah. You know, Uh you just be like, that didn't feel good. (laughs) Yeah, it's like I want to hear what I want to hear. Like, uh, you know, I even get that with when I listen to Peterson. Sometimes I'm like, dude, just let the guy talk. I think he's gotten a lot better in his in his in his uh, recently recently, yeah. which yeah. has been good. But it's like you brought this person on your podcast. Let them mm-hmm. talk it out, you know. Uh, and again, he has gotten a lot better, I think, on that. Uh, but so even somebody I admire, like Jordan Peterson, I'm like, like, no, dude, hold on, <laughs> let this person talk a little bit you know right um yeah i don't know i mean that's the fascinating thing about like you know the harrison and peterson thing was just like you know all these people almost like a soccer match were there like what's going to happen Mm -hmm. and kind of cheering for their two sides Mm -hmm. you know yeah yeah it just astounds me how deep this sort of game response hmm. is with the game analogy. Yeah. And even how that term pricks somehow. Yeah. It's like it, to, to call what we did last night to label it as, well, we, we watched a game. Mm-hmm. It's like, that's far too trivial way to describe it. It's one thing much more happening there yeah. than a game. <clears throat> mm-hmm. Like we also use the word game in culture as something which is sort of inconsequential, mm-hmm. meaningless. Yeah. You're oh, playing the game. You're playing. Yeah. It's just a game. Mm-hmm. You're playing games with me, mm-hmm. you know, but at the same time, the concept of game playing, it's one of these bottom ideas. Like, I don't know how you get below it. Yeah, you can almost define anything like in, in, in that sense, this might be too broad, but like, you know, marriage is a game, having kids is a game and how you play it, you know, and, and, uh, strategy and all that kind of stuff. It's like, it seems to kind of almost diminish the actual significance of what that, of what it actually is. Mm -hmm. It's like, there's the same components in it, you know, it's like, here's two different people who've come together and are producing a family but they're also very different. So there's a little bit of contention, but you're also becoming more and more one and be almost becoming a same, the same thing. But then you also, then you bring these other people into life and then you're this one entity, hmm. you know, 
playing this game with uh, with your kids, you know, but then they also start to become part of that entity, you know. So it's, it's interesting. Like there's there's maybe some sort of like oh, I have no idea where I'm going with this. So it's going to be completely stupid, but <laughs> but there's almost like this overarching aspect of challenging and integration, you know. So like the more like the more Alice and I have grown in our marriage, you know, it's like we have these challenges and when we overcome them, we actually become more one person, but then there's another, there's another challenge that comes, you know, it's like, and we might actually be on different sides of these things, but every time we overcome them, it's actually the bond gets closer or gets more, um, more tight. I think you do that with your, with your kids or I think with our friendship too, you know, it's like, Mm -hmm. So what it's, so there's that aspect, like, again, you become a Austin FC fan or something like that. It's like, it's like, it's, it becomes not just about Austin FC, but it's like this larger, this larger entity called the MLS, you know, it's like, and these other fans, I don't know if I can, I don't know if I can, cause what one's, one's more symbolic and one's real, maybe just different levels of, of symbolism. I might be breaking this here, but because there is something that there's, there's, there's definitely symbolic things that are a little bit more removed, but as they get closer and closer to like real impact, like, you know, what happens on a national stage doesn't affect me as much as what happens on a statewide. And then, you know, on statewide doesn't affect me as much as on a, uh, a, a county wise and a state in a, um, uh, city wise. And then on a, district wise or something like that. You know, it's like as you get closer and closer to the individual, those things that are around them affect them a lot more. So like the soccer game is maybe like on a state level, it's like, it's somewhat removed, you know, but still symbolic of those, of that smaller, more intimate, you know, where you come down to the individual or the marriage or family, you know, it's like friendship. And as that moves out, so it seems like there's something, there's something in that scale when we're thinking about this idea of adversary, you know, um, a healthy adversary in that, you know, mm-hmm. does that make sense? Like I kind of, I kind of ran around <clears throat> a lot there. I don't know if that really, well, the thing that I kept coming back to you too, as you were talking is this like dual usage of the word game. Mm-hmm. Okay. So on the one hand, we'll say things like this isn't a game, mm. you know? So like with politics, let's say, I mean, we're, we're all pretty convinced that politics is sort of a life or death thing mm. and <clears throat> love to debate <laughs> the uh, validity of that claim. But, mm-hmm. you know, you can imagine somebody saying that, mm-hmm. you know, in some sense it's true. Like we've got nukes. It's a big life or death game. Mm-hmm. Um, but even then I use the word game in life or death. Yeah. And then we also use the word don't play games with me. Like it's insignificant, you know? Um, but it makes me think that the back to this idea that this, this, the concept of a game is so deeply embedded that it works on both sides of the, of the poles. Mm -hmm. Um, and so what is, you know, back to the original formulation, like what is a game? You set up a target, a goal, Mm -hmm. a net, and then you try to reach it. You know, in soccer, you're kicking the ball into it. And that's nominally interesting. And then you introduce opposition. Now it's, it's somewhat interesting. And then you develop those players fully. And it's maximally interesting. Mm-hmm. And I'm not sure there's any way to operate in the world. There's, I don't, I'm not sure there's another formula to operate in the world that makes any sense at all, or even another candidate Mm -hmm. for how to operate in the world. I mean, it is the way that our governments operate. It's why we have, it's why we have, uh, presidential debates, Mm -hmm. quote unquote. (laughs) Um, you know, I'm going to tell you the goals I think we should hit and why and how we're going to attempt to hit them. Mm Mm-hmm. And then the other guy is going to tell you the goals he thinks we should hit and how he wants to hit them. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's a game. 
the consequences of that game are large as, you know, whereas you could say the consequences of the game of soccer are insignificant. Yeah. I don't think that they are, mm-hmm. but it's the same formula and it's also the same in marriage. Mm-hmm. You say, <clears throat> we are going to partner together and posit a goal and work toward that goal. And through the process of working toward that goal and hopefully achieving the goal, we will become more one mm-hmm. and more competent at iterating that game over time. And the, the, and the fruit of that is the increase in intimacy mm. and the increase in our joint competence. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't know way, a way to tell a story at all without that basic formula. Yeah. Or, or a story that means anything to anyone. Yeah. I mean, it just seems so fundamental. I don't know. How, I, like I said earlier, like, I don't know how to get below it. Well, I mean, even like when you say like, uh, like if someone were to say anyways that, you know, oh, it's just kicking a ball into the net. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you say the same thing about life. Well, it's like, hey, you know, you live and then you die. What's, right. the, what's the point? What's the point? Yeah. yeah. Well, there's something about that if you don't participate in it. It is pointless. You know, you don't, you don't, you don't get to actually sure. extract meaning out of life if you don't play the game. <laughs> so you can always be the and person on the you, sidelines yeah. going, oh, this is stupid. You're dumb. Totally. Blah, blah, blah. It's like, okay, well, you're not, you're not invested in this. Right. Well, maybe this is kind of why we're always running up against the problem of relig- religious imagery or religious mm-hmm. Symbolism language language. Yeah. Mm -hmm. You know, because it's really easy for me as someone who's never been to a major league soccer game Mm -hmm. to say it's stupid. It's meaningless. Yeah. You know, it's, it's insignificant. It doesn't matter to me at all. All right. That's a fair enough position to hold. And you can hold that position quite easily, Mm -hmm. but then you go to the game. It's not meaningless. Yeah. And all of a sudden, now that you've participated, your whole position changes <laughs> uh-huh. because meaning was created. It's like you can't avoid it when you're there. Well, that's interesting, though. Like, but you can avoid it. You could walk away and say, like, oh, well, that was just dumb. It was, you know, why did I, why did I get caught up in that? It was just them kicking a ball into the soccer net. Mm-hmm. I, I see that, like, uh, I think of, like, um, teenagers, you know, it's like, oh, that's stupid. That's <laughs> they are really good at doing that. Yeah, it's yeah. like, it, but there's something that, especially as an adult, you see as like, no, yeah, you're, but, you're missing the point. Right. But, yeah, if you're a good parent, mm-hmm. you don't just accept your teenager saying that, mm-hmm. you know, whether that's of participating in a sport or, or participating in school or a band or job or uh, with their siblings in play. It's like, no, you're missing something. Mm-hmm. You may walk away, but I'm going to require that you come back. Well, because you also know that if you continue to have that attitude about everything, you're going to, you're going to suck the life out of everything. Like it's, it's, it, we have to find people cannot function without meaning. And I think that is something that's really hard to grasp and to grapple with because the next question that, that we end up coming to is, is, is it really there? Like really there? Or am I just playing a game that I just delude myself in meaning? So I think that's a whole other level, but I think there's, there's a part that if you don't even participate, you can't even get to the next step of, is this real? So it's like, there's something like, like participation almost invite is almost is mandatory to then tackle that next phase of like, what is real about this? Yeah. You know, it's like, yeah, you can't, you can't approach questions like is meaning objectively real Mm -hmm. unless you participate and experience it. Yeah. When I feel like I want to say too, that meaning is generative. It's creative. Mm -hmm. It, It creates something. Yeah. And there's no such thing as, a neutral position when it comes to meaning. You don't get to just not go and not participate 
because it doesn't seem meaningful to you and and maintain some neutral position mm-hmm. if you're not generating meaning i think you said something earlier like you're sucking the life out of something mm-hmm. and i think that that's true you're not arbitrary you're not neutral you're either creating and generating meaning or you're sucking it out mm-hmm. of something else destroying it yeah you're either creative or destructive there's no neutral oh, position Well, even, uh, I don't know if I can go all the way here, but I'll just kind of, because I can. <laughs> uh, you know, it's like whenever whenever I hear the arguments that there is no meaning in life, you know, it's like, but then I always find those same people creating some sort of meaningful existence. Like they, they, they always <laughs> right. come back to creating something meaningful. And my question is like, why are you doing that? can you not accept that there's just no meaning and just live that way? Well, because there's, because you can't, there's no other way to operate in the world. If you're going to do anything, Mm -hmm. you are going to have to set some goal and move toward it Mm -hmm. as arbitrary as that may be. And it has to actually mean something to you. Either that or to be, to be intellectually honest, you're, you're saying like, I'm going to delude myself enough that I believe that there is meaning in this. (sighs) Well, hold on. Let, let, I want to try okay. to, to abstract a couple of things because okay. I think it's, it would be perfectly reasonable for someone to say there's no meaning in soccer and I'm not going to participate. And just using that one example, you can sort of say you can have a neutral position about soccer. Okay. You know, you're not participating in the generation of meaning and the creativity of meaning in soccer. Mm-hmm. You can just abst- abst- uh, recuse yourself. Yeah. Um, and, and adopt a neutral position. And I think that's probably true. Mm-hmm. The, the, con, the confounding part of this is when we're talking about meaning and when we're talking about participation, we're using soccer as a model. Mm-hmm. But the truth is that you are participating or not participating in the generation of meaning in 10,000 different di- oh. ways, in 10,000 different directions in your life in 10,000 different scopes mm-hmm. at all times. And they're all intersecting into you. Yeah. And you can't, it's like, if you make a statement, like there is no meaning to life, mm-hmm. you are saying that of all of those things, not just about soccer, not just about marriage, not just about having kids or having a job or religion, or mm-hmm. you're saying it about all of it. And that's not a tenable position to hold. Mm-hmm. You can't, you can't accomplish it. Yeah. I mean, that's at least my proposition. My contention is that you, you can't, it isn't a position which you can functionally hold. Yeah. It's like you end up stumbling into it almost blindly. <laughs> Whether you want, to, you or want not. to or not. Yeah. yeah. There's no other functional way to live in the world. Mm-hmm. And so you could take your ultimate revenge on that cruel fact, mm. you know, by taking your own life. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's kind of the last that's the, that's the last stand against meaning, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's, it's like, it, it's like, I'm so mad at <clears throat> the lack of meaning itself in my inability to stop creating it, that I'm going to take myself out of the picture to make my statement true. Mm-hmm. Well, now I'm depressed. Thanks. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I, I think your point, the point that you keep, keep kind of hitting is, it's like, we just keep, we just keep doing it. We just keep creating meaning and you can't escape it. And I think that's, that's something to grapple with. That's something to, to wrestle with, you know, it's like, why do these things mean so much to me? And they can be symbolic in a simple exercise, like going to an Austin FC game, you know, you know, it, it's, or just getting together with your friends. There's something meaningful about getting together with your friends. It's these things that we do that, that we, that we almost, um, unconsciously reach out for, you know, it's like, like you bring meaning into my life. That's what basically what we're saying whenever we, mm-hmm. when, when we participate, when we participate. Yeah. Like participation is such a 
such a valuable part of anything else after that. Yeah. Well, it's, it's also another one of those words that can be used in two completely different ways. Mm, Well, just like the word game, Mm -hmm. you know, it can be a really important thing or it can be a dismissive thing. Mm. And participation is the same thing. I mean, we're making the the case that participation is fundamentally important, Mm -hmm. but also you remember getting a participation ribbon (laughs) in some sport when you were a kid Mm -hmm. and you were like, could you be more condescending to me? <laughs> yeah. You know, uh-huh. Hey, you participated. Congratulations. Mm-hmm. <laughs> wow. That, that brings a whole nother element in. Well, it, it, it's also the intention behind that. Like again, many times the participation medal or ribbon or whatever it might be is more of a, it's also depending on your development too. I think, you know, there's a certain part of like, Hey man, that was really cool. You're new to something, man. So glad that you're so new to this and you participated. That's awesome. You know, but there, there's, there's a place where your partition participation ribbon is no longer of value. Hmm. You know, it's like, no, you, you've tried this. And that was the participation part of that was really great. And it was more of like, you stepped out and did something that was, that was contrary to what you have done before, you know? Um, so is there, there's a sort of congratulatory, congratulatory part of that. <laughs> uh, congratulatory. Congratulatory. <laughs> I need to try to say it. Thanks. <laughs> congratulatory aspect of that. But after about your 15th participation mm-hmm. medal, mm-hmm. it's like, that doesn't work. It's like, well, it's like it works if you attempt something that you're clearly not prepared for. Uh-huh. Yeah. Hey, you participated. That's huge. Mm-hmm. Worthy of celebration. <clears throat> worthy of award. Mm-hmm. You know, but no one... It's like, could you be more insulting to the Houston team last night than <laughs> to go up and give them a participation <laughs> ribbon? Yeah, it's totally. It's like, no, we're professionals. Mm-hmm. We are the most prepared for this that we possibly could be. So fuck you. Mm-hmm. We lost. Yeah. At least just let us lose. <laughs> yeah. You know, uh-huh. let us have our dignity mm-hmm. in loss. Oh, interesting. That's a whole aspect. But I, again, you're, you're talking about a maturity aspect, mm-hmm. you know, here is a professional team where that would be completely derogatory to them to get a participation, <clears throat> participation award. You mm-hmm. know, uh, geez, I'll let that go. The, or, or just to get an award that's not even based on the actual skill you're presenting, you know? Mm. It's like, oh, here's an award because you are, um, oh, I don't know. I, I don't want to go all there. But, but mm. just something that has nothing to do with your actual, like, what you're participating in. You know, it's like, it's like, I don't know what you're thinking about. Yeah, I, I, I was about to go a certain direction, but I was like, no, that, that doesn't really connect. But what is that? I mean, like, there's a time and place for those different things. But as you as you get older, it's like there's you also have to suffer loss too. You know, it's like when you when you step up to something and you don't hit the mark. Like, there's something healthy that you ha- also have to learn. And when you participate in life that there is also actually loss, mm-hmm. but in, in every loss, there's also something you gain too. Right. Like, you know, <clears throat> right. again, we were talking about basketball in the last, it's like when you lose a game, it's like, wow. Okay. I got really flustered when this guy was, was making these certain moves, you know, it's like, so I learned something from that time. And so I actually feel more prepared for the next game for the next time I participate, or I can just give up and not participate anymore because I lost, you know? But I think that's the part is like in each reiterative game that we play, we learn something new and we apply it to the next game. And so there's constant, it's almost, it's almost like hmm. life, life asks us to continue to participate because every time we participate in life, we actually walk away with something. We walk away with something more, whether we win or lose that next time we become, we're more and more prepared for something. Well, I think that's why <clears throat> the best games, which is maybe to say the best opportunities for growth are when you're 
striving for a goal and your opposition is equally matched to you, mm. which means you're going to lose some of the time. Mm-hmm. And it's like, we can test the, the, the opposite example. And I think really quickly find how annoying it is, mm. which is that, well, if you don't ever lose, that means that you're not equally matched. Mm-hmm. You win all the time. <clears throat> it's boring. Mm-hmm. And the extreme example of this is Superman. Yes, that's perfect. Universally the worst superhero. Mm-hmm. You know, there have been good stories told about Superman, but <clears throat> he's boring because he doesn't lose. Yeah. It's, and when he does lose, it seems so contrived because mm-hmm. you're like, you have all the superpowers. Yeah. Your superpower is that indestructible. <clears throat> you're indestructible. Yeah. Like, you can't tell a story about Superman. It's really hard. Mm-hmm. So loss is necessary to the generation of meaning, just as success is. Mm-hmm. It's like, it's equally as important. Well, I even think about like you and I, it's like, you know, we each have our strengths in, in different areas, you know, but, you know, and then we kind of have this continue like back and forth and exchange and sharpening each other and stuff like that. But I think something that exhilarates you more than you and I more than anything else is when we find somebody that we're dumb, <laughs> you know, it's like, it's like, yeah. oh, awesome. I'm totally dumb. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's like, it's like, there's something about that. I think you and I share that same aspect of like, oh man, no, if you know more than me about something or have experienced something that I've never, like that, the lady from, from North Korea, you uh, know, yeah, you've experienced something that I have no Yanmi Park. Yanmi Park. I have no concept of. It's like, let me let me understand where you're coming from. You know, it's mm-hmm. like, like I want to come sit under your feet and just be like, I'm dumb. <laughs> you know, right? It's like as if you were like if you were in the soccer, you know, playing soccer or whatever, and it's like you come across a, a, a an adversary that you're just like, wow, you are so much better than me. I want to learn from you. Hmm. Yeah. That is one of the most delicious things Mm -hmm. is not just being around someone who knows more than you, Mm -hmm. whether that's in soccer or philosophy or history or science or whatever. But when that person is willing to teach you Mm -hmm. or just engage you, engage you Mm -hmm. and you start learning Mm -hmm. and that's, that's like, (laughs) <laughs> I'm making a fist. Yeah. <laughs> it's like so good, uh-huh. you know, but also that by itself isn't enough hmm. because it's so good. But at some point, I mean, this is apprenticeship mm-hmm. and this is the idea of iterating games over time is that at some point you don't know what you've learned, you know, you're learning mm-hmm. and you're sort of sucking at the teat of that. And mm-hmm. it's, it's life. It's literally life yeah. and you're learning, but what have you learned? Well, you don't really know unless you go test it Mm -hmm. and you can't test it against the person who knows more than you Mm -hmm. because you already know they know more than you Mm -hmm. in, in whatever it is, soccer, let's say Mm -hmm. stick with that one. So you go test it and by playing someone else who's of unknown skill match to you. Mm -hmm. And then you learn something that the person who taught you, who knows more than you can't teach you, which is how to use what you've learned in an unknown situation. Yeah. Like that's a necessary component too of growth. Mm-hmm. Oh, you just took me at two different levels here. Like one is like, so you see this in like, uh, uh, movies and stuff that there's sword or books that there's sword play and stuff like that. Like, you know, the apprentice is learning from the master and the apprentice just get the shit beat out of them all the time. And it's just so frustrating. They hate it. They want to quit. And, all these things. And so then, you know, the master and apprentice are going through the land and all of a sudden they come across an enemy. And so they get to try their skills out on the enemy and they actually see like how much they're capable of. Yeah. You know? Right. And so they actually learned, like you were saying, learn something that the master couldn't teach them. And then usually at some point it might be age or it might be whatever it might be. Like this is the chosen one. So they end up being better than the master, you know, whatever. right, right, right. But the, the apprentice sees that they're, they're actually as capable as, as the master. Now, will you ever be better than the master? 
that's kind of questionable. And like, again, age might come into that, you know, too. Right. But if you're ever going to beat the master, you have to go learn something that he doesn't know. Mm-hmm. You yeah. have to have some experience he hasn't had. Mm-hmm. Otherwise you have no chance. Yeah. You have to be apprenticed and brought up, but then you have to go encounter the unknown mm-hmm. and learn from that and yeah. then come back. Mm-hmm. It's so fast. I mean, I, I, I think it's fun. Like, just in our relationship is you and I have all these different encounters outside of our relationship. And then we bring them back together and then we mm-hmm. learn from each other, like what each other have learned, <laughs> you know, <laughs> and it's like, it's, 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 it's really fun to like have that engagement of, you know, it's like, like I almost get like, sorry, like in marriage, <laughs> it's like, you almost get to get off, offload part of you. Mm-hmm. And then like, mm-hmm. whenever you, you come back, it's like, we get to go, Oh wow, 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 wow. Okay, cool. So I actually get, I gain from your experience and your, like your participation in other areas, you know, it's like, yeah, it's like, so I actually don't have to, I don't have to like, uh, uh, I, I guess we do this with a, with a lot of people too, but I just think of our, we've done this for so long that it's like, it's very obvious to me that, uh, all the things that you bring in that I bring in from my space and it's like, we bring it back together and it's sort of like, whoa. It's like we have a, a completely new th- set of things on the table mm-hmm. that we then get to continue developing. Yeah, totally. But without any input from the outside world, without mm-hmm. our own individual experiences, all of that would become somewhat like perverted and dull mm-hmm. uh, and lose its growth potential. Mm-hmm. Which I would say that's also a good thing about Twitter. I think, uh, you know, as much as I hate Twitter, <laughs> it's like, but it also like it exposes me to new ideas and different ideas yeah, right. than I would normally be exposed to, you know? Yeah. Um, you know, I, again, I just think of like, you know, living in a more liberal city, it's like, you're not as exposed to conservative ideas. You're, mm-hmm. con- you're, you're, um, you're exposed to the straw man of conservative ideas or the, 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 what do you call it? The, yeah, I guess it's straw man, but like, they're not really the ideas. It's like kind of like the cliches of Mm -hmm. those ideas. Mm -hmm. And so you kind of have to like expose yourself to the actual ideas of, you know, it's like the same thing. If you lived in a conservative city, you would have to expose yourself to more on the left or liberal side of things too. You know, it's like, and I choose those two things, for example, but it'd be the same thing. And like, you know, if you were coming from, you know, whether religious or, right. or certain academic perspectives or something like that, it's like, you need to expose yourself to the ideas, the actual ideas. And it's more truer form than mm-hmm. just the parody. That's what I was looking for. The parody of the ideas. Right. Parody. <laughs> yeah. And the only way to do that, to expose yourself to the true ideas is to back to this idea of, of a relationship is mm-hmm. to actually like get to know them, mm. not read about them. Yeah. Go have coffee with them. Mm-hmm. Go have a beer with them, play pool with them, mm-hmm. meet their children. Yeah. Like you don't know an idea by studying it abstractly. Well, I think that'd be even, I mean, for people that are more famous is like read their book. The book that they wrote, not some, what somebody else wrote about them. Right. You know, um, if they're, if they're not accessible in that sense, but I think in a more truer sense, like that is the, it's like everybody should have a, a Republican friend, a democratic friend, mm-hmm. a libertarian friend, mm-hmm. um, people of different social economic backgrounds, you know, it's like, it just to kind of expose yourself to the different ways that people see the world, you know, um, like there's, there's this one magazine, there's this one online thing that I, I keep it in my inbox just to remind me that people see the world differently than mm-hmm. I do. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's like, and I'll read the articles ever so often, but yeah. like, but I, I don't want to delete it out or unsubscribe from it just because it reminds me that there's a different way of looking at things, right. whether I agree with it or not that's not really the point. It just reminds me that, okay, Oh, I need to, I need to understand like why they see that that way. And it's not that you have to agree with people, but it's just good to be exposed to that alternative or different perspective. Right. Well, that seems like a good place to end it. Yeah. That's true. True. Yeah. Well, yeah. 
Good. Yeah. Well, thanks guys for coming out to the shores. Yeah. And, uh, this has been really fun. We're out. Matt and I have just been talking about it. This has been, we've really enjoyed this. We kind of feel like we've kind of hit a, a, a milestone a couple episodes back and like, we just really enjoy being here and I hope you guys enjoy this and we love doing this. So yeah, absolutely. Love you guys. Cheers to that. Cheers. Ciao.